I clutched my pearls the whole time I read this book. I'm like hooked. I was on the edge of my seat. I leaned forward. Five stars, baby. Welcome to Books in the City Pod. Ooh. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Books in the City Podcast. I'm Libby. I'm Becky. I'm Kayla. And we're some friends. We talk about books. We met over books and we love books <laughs> and, and we still meet over books <laughs> we're still meeting over books and recording ourselves so thanks for listening um diving right into the fishbowl whoa i mean Lit- there's insert nothing splash. else to say insert splash noise yeah splish here. splash <laughs> um they definitely miss emily as do we but um they have a really important question they want to know if you could eat ice cream that is flavored like any feeling or memory <laughs> what would it be? For example, ice cream flavored like hearing jazz music, if you like jazz mm. music, or waking up for school and finding out it's a snow day and then going back to bed, oh. wow. et cetera. I have an answer. Okay. So I was thinking about this this morning. Okay, so. Why were you thinking about this this morning? Well, I was thinking about this <laughs> feeling this morning. So <laughs> day of recording, tomorrow morning, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. to fly to Disney. And I, like, I've been oh. to Disney a few times since the last time I went for a big trip was for my sweet 16 and I've done a few day trips since, but like this is the first time since my sweet 16 where I'm like going for a full week trip to Disney. And I did that every year of my life growing up. And last night when I was going to bed, I was like, I'm getting like emotional. I was like, I'm going to Disney tomorrow. And I got that feeling that I used to get as a kid when like I would not be able to sleep for nights. And I'm like, I feel like as you grow up, you kind of like outgrow things like that, I guess. And I thought I would never feel that again. But I was like, oh, my God. And like tonight, I'm probably not going to be able to sleep. So I'm like, like I'm waking up at 5 a.m. and going to Disney. And I was just thinking, about like, I remember like being in my room in the pitch dark and my mom like waking us up. And we're like all so angry that we're up so early. But we're like so happy, too. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I wish I could just like bottle that feeling because it's just like. The it's such a yeah like an excitement and like for a long time after my parents broke up I didn't get that feeling about anything and I'm happy to like I feel like that again about things and I want to like eat ice cream that's flavored that yeah way. like yeah. to be able to feel like that like it's such like a good feeling and it's a good feeling to start to feel like that again so yeah that's mine the night yeah, before Disney also feeling. you like appreciate it more totally yeah oh like even with this trip like my sister texted me, you want to go to Disney? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, if 10 year old me knew that we wouldn't, that we were first of all like texting, but like <laughs> that we just decided on a whim to go to Disney, we would be like, are we millionaires? <laughs> like flipping out. That's cute. So yeah. cute. Yeah, that's mine. I have two. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, one is um, the specific feeling at the... It's interesting. They're both like nighttime feelings, but I'm a morning person, so that's weird. But um, one, yeah, is the the night after you've been at the beach all day and you got a little sunburn and then you're back in a room with air conditioning and you get into like clean, cool sheets, but your body's like very warm because you got sunburnt you know that's so funny that that's a positive thing to you i love you love the feeling of being sunburnt no i don't think sunburns are i think it's like sun kissed like your skin's a little no a little little burnt (laughs) a little burnt but like not you know like (laughs) blistering off but yeah and then just like being in the cool and you're like 
oh, like I'm almost a little cold, but then your body's like radiating heat and you're just mm-hmm. like, it's summer. Yeah. This is and like, those are the best sleeps too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one. And then the other one is the feeling. This is I maybe can't wait for summer. Oh, me neither. Um, I know even just talking about the beach, I'm like, it's going to be, well, okay. This is a tangent, but my roommate is obsessed with polar plunges and her birthday's in February. And so we're doing a polar plunge. Well, lucky for you, this the year. planet is dying and it's like 65 <laughs> no. degrees outside. But it's still going to be a, a cold a ass chill. experience. But I wonder if that would be her ice cream flavor is the feeling oh, of maybe. going into a freezing ocean. Did you see that video of the brother and sister doing a polar plunge and then people walk by? I did. Yeah. So the girl like set her phone to record them like running far into the water and this like these two women walk by and they're like they're crazy <laughs> it's on the record and she was like they're either like doing that for like i think she said like for instagram for social media or something or there's like something wrong with them like, and then and then she's like and that bathing suit i mean her body is great yeah. but what <laughs> is that so funny and they were strangers like it yeah. wasn't they're just like walking on the beach but they're bundled yeah. up Oh, that's I mean, when funny. I see people doing a polar plunge, I'm like, they're crazy. Well, we we've done it once before for her birthday, and we felt I was like, we we are crazy. Yeah. But this one guy, this old, we do it at Brighton Beach, and there's all these just like retirement communities right around there, and like old Russians, and this old man was running on the beach in little like short short split shorts shirtless Did he jump in with you with gloves <laughs> and he's like hey girls what is a 37 today or something he was like and so i'm like i think he does this and he was just like a funny it's the shorts and gloves i know I'm like what is that really doing like you don't have a shirt on sir he might have had a stocking cap on too he was he had to have been like 70 okay anyway my other feeling um is maybe very specific to me but it's when um, me and my brothers and usually my mom, because she's more of a night owl than my dad, but we're all home and we're all in the kitchen trying to like speak quietly because it's like late at night and my dad's asleep and we're all like tired and delirious and like nobody can stop laughing even though like nothing funny's happening and it's just like that, like mm. quiet, quiet and like don't laugh too loud and just like being up late and a little delirious with my that's cute. I love that. Yeah. Those are my feelings. My turn. What's your ice cream? I feel like kind of similarly to your beach one, there are two ski related ones that I feel oh. like one is like a very specific memory of this one like ski lodge that my family, we would always get a room there, like a ski hotel or whatever mm-hmm. at Snowshoe, West Virginia. And I just remember the table was clear. And we always thought that was so cool that, like, you know, you could see under the table. Like, kitchen table in the room? Yeah. Oh, and, fun. like, I just remember we would just be eating cereal there b- before we went out skiing. And, and there was, like, that same anticipation of, like, oh, we're going skiing today. Mm-hmm. Because it was a once-a-year thing. Like, with all our cousins, we would get to see them. And, like, usually we'd get in and just, like, go to the hotel, I think. My dad's listening, I'm sure, and is yelling, no, we saw them before that. But <laughs> I, in my memory, it was, like, we'd go and then we'd see them when we went skiing the next day. Oh, yeah. And so, like, that anticipation of sitting at that clear table eating the cereal. But then on the flip side, too, the feeling of skiing all day and then coming inside, taking off your freaking ski boots and, like, the opera ski of like being cozy in the lodge yeah. is like definitely something that I think 
anybody wants to bottle because there's literally candles called that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the ski related ones. But I do feel like there are some other things like I think all of them sort of have to do with anticipation, like sailing when you're first pulling out of the dock, like that feeling of first pulling out of the dock and like you're going out. Oh yeah, that's kind of like any boat, like coming out, just, just coming out of the dock and you're off and you're not attached to anything. It's like, no matter the size of the boat, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I want to eat that ice cream flavor. Also to the one you said about you and your family, I would also, if I could have a second, like (laughs) we have a whole ice cream shop here. But like being, I like, like over the holidays this year, I feel like because like I'm older now too and my family's insane and has been through so much shit but like being in a room full of your family when everyone is so happy and having fun and like these people like are of your dna and like know everything and have like been through it all and it's like like you feel so like safe and loved and it's like such a special feeling like i love that yeah i think that would be my other one being in a room of family when When we're really happy happy and getting (laughs) (laughs) on a good day yeah wow yeah these are deep Sorry, or when it's a bad day and then you go home and like talk shit with other members of the family i also Uh, like that yeah (laughs) Yeah, i do love a good like family gossip sesh after like a larger and you're somewhere yeah you're like what about get a load of her yeah (laughs) but it's like innocent because obviously there's so much love i went somewhere with my mom and my sister and the second we all got home we drove separately it was like floodgates open (laughs) i was like i love this we have to talk about all (laughs) of it um skiing speaking of this is a tangent but becky and i went skiing now it's been a while but (laughs) did you after that day like when you were falling trying to like fall asleep or like at the end of the night feel like you were still skiing no oh i did i was like i will say if i am sailing for like a full day yeah i'll lay in bed and feel like i'm in the ocean still huh yeah the skiing thing was just wild because i like don't remember that happening no I don't know if you remember, I like full on fell asleep in the car, like probably mouth open, like snoring. You, I was out like a light before we even got back. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. I didn't. You were very focused because it was oh, raining. It was raining. That was a mess. Yeah, I forgot. I but anyway, <laughs> okay. should we talk about books? Yeah, I think we should. Let us know your ice cream flavor in the comments or just DM us or something. Ice cream flavor feeling. Yeah. Okay, I am excited to talk about a book that I read that's such an Iowa book, so sorry in advance, I'm going to be annoying because I feel like I'm annoying about Iowa, even on a good day, Um, but I read a book called A Thousand Acres by Jane Smiley. It came out in 1991. Um, I've been like kind of MIA for my bookstagram, but at the beginning of reading this book, I was like posting about it way too much because there's... It just name checks a bunch of Iowa's like cities in Iowa, and that just brings me a lot of joy while I'm reading. Um, so, yeah, it also won the Pulitzer Prize the year I was born. Wow! The year after it came out. So, fun fact: if you're trying to read award books, um, okay. Anyway, so I've always been aware of this author because this book like pretty regularly shows up on those do you ever read those like best book from every state in america or like about every state Mm. lists you know 
Do you know? That? <laughs> no, you don't I'm read sure that. There's lists like that though. <laughs> they do exist. Um, I thought you were gonna say like the top books like this year, or like for like the year you were born. Yeah. Or like oh, like these oh, were the top movies this too. year. No, I, like I guess I see it more about movies. These ones I'm thinking of. Well, because I'm always like, what do they pick for Iowa? And it's usually this book or Gilead. But that's not the book I'm talking about. So, what is the book you're talking about? A Thousand Acres. Oh, A Thousand Acres. I missed that. I was like, is she like giving us like. I know it's such a lead up. That is kind of like what I do every time. Okay. Anyway, let me get into it. So, A Thousand Acres technically is a retelling of King Lear. I'm not like a super Shakespeare head. So. I couldn't really remember what King Lear was about at all. Like, I didn't even know if it was a tragedy or a comedy. Did you talk about this already? Or am I thinking of the... Um, no, Hamnet. Hamnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is Shakespeare adjacent, too. Yeah. I know, and this that's what I was... Yeah, it's funny that I'm having all these, like, Shakespeare... Maybe you know more about Shakespeare than you think well, at this point. I, I'm definitely... Well, so with King Lear, I, like, avoided looking up anything about it because I didn't want like spoilers so that was kind of fun like going into it I can't speak to like if you're obsessed with Shakespeare this I don't know if that would enhance your reading experience or ruin it but this so like you know sorry if it ruins it um anyway so it the book is set in a fictional place called Zebulon County which is a small farming county in Iowa um, and it takes place in 1979. So it was an interesting like mix of, I feel like that time generally in the United States was kind of this like women's liberation, but then in this county, like how that played out was I think different from the rest of the country, but also just interesting to read about. Um, but the big inciting incident in this book happens at the very beginning so there's this very intimidating and like successful larger than life farmer named larry cook and he's this patriarch figure who owns a thousand acres of farmland in zebulon county at the beginning of the book um you get this kind of whole breakdown of the land and like how larry started with 600 acres and how he ended up with a a thousand and all of that But all of a sudden, completely out of the blue, he gathers his three daughters together and he tells them he's going to turn his farm, which like his farm is like all he has in this life, like his life's work. But he says he's going to turn it over to the three of them. So there's three daughters. The youngest, her name's Caroline, um, expresses some slight doubts, by which I mean she literally is just like, I don't know if this is such a good idea. And he he's such a like harsh, extreme figure that he just is like, OK, you're out. My two daughters like you're getting the farm. And then like they kind of, you know, he like Caroline tries to make amends a little bit and he like slams the door in her face. So it's I guess like big picture. It's just this story about like how these moments can just have huge repercussions in a family and like shockwaves through the family and the community, which I love stories like that. Um, So that was fun to read because you also feel like you get this like juicy, you know, like, well, I'll get into more of this later. Anyway, um, so the plan 
to turn this farm over moves forward um, with his oldest and his middle daughter. So that's Ginny and Rose. Um, Ginny's the oldest and she is the narrator throughout the book. So she, uh, the way that she tells this story is like from a future perspective. So she's kind of like has these moments of reflection of like, if I had known what would happen that morning, like, or all I remember about that day. And then it like goes into this kind of life changing um, exchange within the family. So it gave this air of foreshadowing and mystery where you're kind of like, whoa, something big is going to happen, but we don't know yet. So yeah, the shockwaves of this move by Larry lead to some really, really dark secrets being revealed and also some very juicy is the wrong word, but just like family drama. So it's the reading experience is just, I think, you know, it's about a farm in Iowa, but I think a lot of people would enjoy reading the story or could take something from it just with that like f- the the complications in any family and then like when something like this happens how it can just blow up in such a different way from maybe a conflict between like friends or something mm-hmm. else just because family is just so much more charged all of that unfolding alongside the kind of like never-ending daily grind of working on a farm was interesting and it's so like grounded in this farm work but then you know it's I don't know then the experience of all these people who've lived nowhere else their entire lives and like are so enmeshed in the community and everyone knows everything about everyone and like you know Larry making this decision and then kind of like devolving into sort of like senile alcoholism kind of and like how the community talks about that but like without talking about it directly it felt like that really like captured the midwest part of it um I will say it went to places I really didn't expect like I was when I started it I was obsessed with it like posting about it a lot and then it got super dark so I feel like I was being flippant at the beginning and I wouldn't like willy-nilly recommend this book but just content warning if you are thinking of reading it for rape, sexual assault, death of a parent, miscarriage. Um, yeah, it just, it's really just like the unlayering of all of these family secrets, you know, underneath the surface of this like Midwest nicety kind of um, mentality. So, yeah. Oh, and then, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would say it felt realistic because it really like gets dramatic, like extremely dramatic. But I do feel like it really accurately captured kind of the essence of people in Iowa or like it just so many of the characters and their ways of facing big and small conflicts just felt like really um, true to Iowans and it's beyond like there's also this level of like church potlucks with like casseroles and jello salads and like that kind of midwest thing but then also the mentality of everyone in this family and the community and just like knowing what everyone's up to or like who has mortgages on their land and who doesn't and who's spending flippantly on like new tractors and like kind of that small world and like maybe the small 
mindedness that can like be bred in that kind of world. Um, so yeah, that felt spot on. And yeah, I, w- I enjoyed it a lot. I was obsessed with it, like I said, and then it took a turn that made me kind of like reassess how I was feeling about it. But ultimately, I think it was really beautifully written and like these characters felt so real and the things they were dealing with felt wild, but also just like as you get to know the characters, how they react to certain things felt, I don't know, just really well done. And also the dynamic between the sisters was also really interesting to read. I don't have sisters, but it felt this made me feel like I did or something. Not really that, but you know what I mean? (laughs) It was just like another layer that made it really interesting to read. Um, Yeah. Oh, and it's like really a page turner, like the way that she's telling it from the future and this mystery and like as it's all leading toward these explosive like revelations, you're just like, oh my God, like what? could possibly happen next and that kind of thing so yeah I enjoyed it I gave it four stars um and yeah just very Iowa very like Iowa summer on a farm so if you've been interested in that pick this one up it's a thousand acres by Jane Smiley Becky what did you read so I read Queen of Thieves by BZ Mark Marsh. It came out January of this year. That was just on your TBR. It was. Look at that. Me Way to stick through. to it. Who knew I could do it? <laughs> I didn't. Okay. Um, first of all, content warnings. It's about like London gangs in like just after World War Two. So there's a lot of violence, drinking, domestic abuse, sexual assault, rape, like everything bad, murder, slashings. Like it's dark it's dark but like it's not dark like a thriller is dark um anyway so it follows two main characters the first is Nell and she's a young girl who's living in the slums of London like I said just after the war um and so London at this time is still dealing with like the rations and like people just trying to get back on their feet after the war and like you know some people were like displaced because of bombings and like Things like that. So the vibe overall is that everyone's kind of struggling. And Nell is working in at this fur factory called the Alaska Fur Factory. I don't know if it was a real place, but she is trying to make any amount of money she can to help her family. Um, but she also has sort of a rebellious side, but mostly because she met this boy named Jimmy, who she's like totally head over heels with. And... She's, like, sneaking around with him, even though she knows her dad, like, will hit her if he finds out about him. And, but she accidentally gets herself pregnant. And so she knows her father is going to flip out and um, isn't going to take it well, obviously. So she's going to try and hide the pregnancy and figure out what to do. And as she's trying to figure out what to do, she kind of meets this other main character of the book named Alice Diamond. And Alice is the queen of thieves. And she's been running what she calls the 40 Thieves for years and years. And it's this gang of women who she found and trained to go into these fancy department stores and steal stuff. And they have a whole system about it. They have a whole, like, little plan that they do, like, how they distract the salesperson and, like, the techniques for how they, like, take the stuff. They wear these things that they call 
hoisters drawers, I think, but they're basically like these crazy, I imagine them to be insane looking pants <laughs> that they wear under their dresses that they can fit tons of stuff in like undetected. Wow. Um, Are there 40 of them? That there were not 40 names that you learn, but like you get the feeling that like there are Maybe a lot total. of people in her group, mm-hmm. I guess. Like a network. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Alice finds Nell during this time when she's like obviously super vulnerable and desperate to find a way to get like out of her home away from her dad and find a plan for her baby. And Alice sees this as an opportunity, this young girl who looks innocent and would be the perfect person to join her gang of thieves because like who's going to suspect this like very innocent pregnant woman. So without giving away the details, Nell joins in with Alice but quickly finds herself behind bars. I'm not going to tell you how that happens or why. No, she's but bad at she stealing. gets arrested. <laughs> she goes bad at stealing. Shoot. <laughs> 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 so she goes to prison, and Nell. I'm not going to talk about what happens in prison or when any. She's of pregnant th- in prison. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So she comes out of prison with a vengeance, and she's ready to get back into the hoisting game. But she has different feelings for Alice Diamond than she did when she went in. I don't want to give things away, so I'm going to try and be vague with it. But when she comes back, Alice has this grand plan for Nell. And so Nell is sent to Soho to spy on this arch rival of gangland named Billy Sullivan, who runs like a club. Um, And so Nell is like performing in the club, but also spying on Billy. But... um, she has to like pretend to be working with Billy. And so she starts work undercover and she's being manipulated by everyone. And then she decides to take things into her own hands. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Mm. Um, I thought it was really good. There's lots of like edge of your seat, like what's going to happen with the gang. Like even like the parts that might've been predictable of like, you know, her, you know, she gets arrested. Like, stuff like that like it was still interesting to read about um and it's really I appreciated that like even though she has this love interest Jimmy it's really about like her determination as a woman to like do this on her own everything else is sort of like a side story it's not like the main thing is like her and Jimmy or whatever Hmm. um and I also really enjoyed the writing like Alice's character is speaking directly to the reader sort of like a fourth wall Uh, type thing I love that like you might be wondering why blah 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 like that kind of thing which I really like and it comes back around in a way in the ending and I was like oh this is I love that um so yeah that's all I'm gonna say it was good I it wasn't a five-star read for me It it felt slow at times I think and I don't know if that's just like because of my mental state of like being busy and stressed but I still gave it four stars my go-to rating what's not a four-star rating (laughs) these days um but yeah if you read it let me know what you thought I'm excited to read that and that was Queen of Thieves by BZ Marsh um I used to not be so into it but lately I find like specifically in London right after the war so interesting yeah whoa like there's just so much like social change like so much happening yeah totally um i'm hoping to read that soon kayla what did you read okay i read stone cold fox by rachel collar croft and i was fucking obsessed with this book this is my first five-star read of the year because i said on the last episode like i'm not counting the outsiders because it was a reread um okay so 
I have no notes, just vibes. I actually want to start this by talking about a book Becky covered, The Social Climber, because I read Becky's book about The Social Climber, and then I read Stone Cold Fox, and then like three days later, I read The Social Climber, and I really liked it. I gave it four stars, but they're very similar, but different enough that like I read them both in the same week and enjoyed them. Okay. So if you heard that episode and then you're also like, this is sounds kind of similar. Um, I think you could read them back to back and like still really like them. I just think Stone Cold Fox like pulled it off a bit better. So the main girl in this book is B, and she is, I guess she's like a con artist, I would say. So we meet her as she's embarking on like her biggest and which she's kind of it's like her final con, and that is marrying into this very wealthy old money family because she knows that once she's in like she will be secure and like just able to like obviously be wealthy and like have power and like nothing can really take her down and because it's kind of clear that she's like running from some things like we don't fully know her whole past it's very obvious that she completely invented who she is even her name like that's not her name we don't know her real name so she met this guy Colin and he's from like this super wealthy old money family like I said just like upper echelons of like New York society the family has like a huge estate in Connecticut he's working in like the family company and she like finds a way to she meets him and she's like this is my mark like I am gonna marry him and marry into this family and part of that is she has to like fully conform herself to be the type of girl that he would want and she is beautiful already but I actually like I felt bad for her because it was like I don't think she even knows who herself is but like she'll say like oh I don't want to do this but like I have to like coddle him or like just like act a certain way it's kind of like make sure she fits into this role so she We meet when they're dating. We meet her when they're dating. And then she's like working on securing the ring. And then like they end up getting engaged. And then it's like the road to the wedding. But Colin has like this. She goes to meet this group of friends, his group of friends. And she meets his best friend, Gail, who is in love with Colin. And it's very obvious. But like Gail is from this world. And B. Is it obvious to Colin? I feel like he has to know, but it's like so, so clear that like, like his family, his sisters like seem to know that like Gail wants to marry him. And like, she's Mm. obviously not happy that Colin has this like beautiful girlfriend and she talks, she like looks down on B because she's not from their world. And like, she talks so much about like, like Gail talks about like, this is our world and like, you're not one of us. And it was very like gossip girl meets like the gilded age almost like this type of like gatekeeping but like which obviously still happens but just like reading about it in a modern setting also the way that the author wrote about like New York society and like specifically with Gail like it was very it felt like satire but it was also it was so realistic and it, it is so ridiculous like the way that like Gail would be like you're not one of us and it's like he's in love with her like you should he can marry her then and B like takes no shit from anyone so she's just like not having it's so, like that was like a fun thing to read but basically Gail's in love with Colin and it's pissed that he has like this stunning new girlfriend and like B is very she has a great career like 
she has her own life even though she's like obviously conning her way into this family but like on paper anyone would meet her and be like oh you're like a very successful woman but to Gail like it's not enough because one it's not her and she's like not like of their set so Gail you is like kind of always she throws out that she like knows something about B's past and B's like she can't know anything like I've covered my tracks enough like there's always this there's this hint of like things that have happened in her past so her and Gail are kind of going like head to head and that was kind of fun to watch them like compete but pretty much every single chapter of this book is interspersed with stories from B's childhood and in every single chapter she has a different name her mom has a different name and she has a different stepdad because her mom is a con artist and was conning these men who they she would have like a full life sometimes for a few years and like like in the first one she's like we had a pool and they're in this mansion and like the guy was great to her and she had like a grandma figure in that life and then one day her mom was like we're leaving and she was so upset because she in this one she was probably like at least 10 and she would like didn't want to leave her pool and then like there's another one there in San Francisco and this guy was like so great to her and like like he like they loved each other like in a father-daughter way and like she was devastated when that had to end so it was so interesting because you see how she became who she is so you completely stone cold fox literally you completely (laughs) understand like why she's acting like this because it's all she knows and she even says like I'm she's like my mom went for like kind of like not low-hanging fruit because um like the the men had money but she's like I'm going for the ultimate target and then I won't have to do this every few years and I could just stay with him and be safe but like I said Gail is looking into B and hinting that she knows things so some stuff starts to come to light like I like I can barely say anything I guess it's a thriller not more of like a, just this like a scammer suspense I would say um a scammer suspense yeah yes. that new genre which uh, there's so many of them now Yeah, that is like such a thing I of all the scammer books which I feel like I've read all the big ones in like the last year and a half this is my favorite one it was so well done like the added aspect of her childhood was just so interesting. Like I would almost start looking forward to getting to that part. Cause it's like, wow, this is just an insane way to grow up. And it was just like, Wait, so compelling. Do you know what's going on with her mom now? Um, you can't say, I can't say anything. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I like, thank you to Berkeley, the publisher for sending this to me. I knew there was a copy in the mail, but I was like, I can't wait. And I read it on my Kindle. Wow. Cause I was just like, I need to read it right now. And then I kept saying like, I'm going to go to bed and then in like something would happen and I was like I literally I can't go to sleep like until I know how this plays out like I pretty much read it in one sitting because I was like wow so good and like it came out on Valentine's Day um so you can pick it up now but read it now but if you're going on vacation soon like on a beachy trip bring it with you because this would be an absolutely perfect beach read like I almost wish it came out in the summer so I could have read it like at the beach or something like I obviously still fully enjoyed it when I read it yeah um so good so clever funny like so well done the cover is gorgeous and then when I was posting about it I was like dming with the author because I had been posting about um the Pamela Anderson doc and book and then we were talking about her and like her sons in the hills and we had like a really great convo so she seems really cool too um 
and I'm pretty sure this is her debut and like I cannot wait to read more from her because it was just so good like obsessed with it wow and that was Stone Cold Fox by Rachel Collar Croft I guess you already said five stars right or was it five stars sorry I just got so distracted from my mom trying to figure out that show <laughs> from the, <laughs> the last thriller episode. from last episode <laughs> She doesn't know either. Still haunting us. <laughs> um, yeah, five stars. Obviously made its way onto my favorite shelf. Loved it. Loved it. Wow. Awesome. What's on your TBR? Um, my TBR has Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson on it. <laughs> <laughs> Becky, what's on your TBR? The Sweet Spot by Amy Popeil. Popel. I'm going to say Popeil. The Sweet Spot by Amy Popeil. Um, Kayla, what's on your TBR? River Sing Me Home by Eleanor Shearer. Nice. Cool. Where are you guys on the internet on Bookstagram? At Becky and the Bookshelves. <laughs> oh, I guess, I'm, guess I'm at <laughs> I have to go last. <laughs> I forgot. I'm at Sleep Run Read Repeat. I'm at Carried Butt, and you can find all of us at Books in the City Pod. Make sure you're following, subscribed. Whatever it is you have to do, I want every podcast platform you're listening on and head to booksandcitypod.com for everything else. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye.